So my voice is gone. It is a bit, um, in Afrikaans we say yes. Um, yeah, it's a very professional word to use. Um, I'm going to try my best this morning, just with what I have, with the talents in my hand. Um, sure, so I was just, just as in, in preparing this, you know, like, uh, yeah, I just want to actually just this morning share from a story in the book of Genesis. And I'll quickly read it for us. Um, I don't know if you can put it up. It's in Genesis 26. And it said that, And Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. And he had possessions of flocks and herds and many servants so that the Philistines envied him. And now the Philistines had stopped and filled with earth all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. So Isaac departed from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham, his father, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the names that his father had given them. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of spring water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of the well Isaac, because they contended with him. And then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that also. So he called its name Sitna. And he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth, saying, For now the Lord has made room for us. And we shall be fruitful in this land. There's quite a few very biblical words in there, like Isaac, Sitna, and Rehoboth. So please bear with me with my Afrikaans accent when I mention these names. When they are on the screen, picture them in your head, you know, as you would, as you would say them. Um, and it's just for those taking notes, if you want to put a title to the notes, I would say you can either put down two titles. You can either put down Well, Well, Well. I came, with, I came up with that one very late last night. <laughs> but I would say the more professional title would be, Do You Have Your Shovel Ready? And there's just a story. Um, I think most of us have somewhere experienced, you know, something either clogging up in your house. It's quite a common thing happening in either your shower or yeah, your basin or your toilet. You know, my wife, I'm not looking at my wife when I say the word toilet. She only uses the word bathroom. But somewhere something has to have clogged up in your life somewhere, like in your house. Now, remember in our first year of TMT, we stayed off of Provence, off of the property where TMT is at, and, and they rented a property. I will not mention the name because I think they are still in business. So I want to keep them in good light. But we stayed in this house and we were four guys with one bathroom, which is, I mean, it's one bathroom too, too many for four guys. And here, like after like obviously showering and none of us had long hair, and, but just all of a sudden, our shower just clogged up. It just backed up completely. And, and so obviously the water would well up. It was blocked. And then it was quite a gross thing. You had to 
either shower first because otherwise you would climb into someone else's shower water, which is pretty nasty, okay? I always shower second just out of humility. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I know some of my Bloom friends are going to listen to this, so <laughs> they were in the room with me. Um, but we had to make a plan. We said, okay, cool, we need to unclog the shower drain. Okay, and I googled that word shower drain because in my head it was like the stored gut. So it's like it's actually called a shower drain. And so we went and busy with a plunger and this guy's doing this and it sticks and it's what have you. Whatever you could imagine, we tried it. Okay, we didn't, we actually didn't try a cracker now that I think of it. But anyway, here we are busy unclogging this shower drain and out comes this nasty, sopping, wet ball of hair, you know, and just to even gross you out a bit more, just to paint the picture a bit more, picture like, for the Star Wars fans, picture like a wet version of Chewbacca, okay, and for those who who grew up with Adam's family, you know Cousin It, that little hairy thing, it's not a biblical thing to watch, but I grew up with that, but picture Cousin It, I mean this piece of hair, or whatever it was, it looked human, it was big enough to cover a bald head, you know, or even pose as a pretty, pretty decent mustache, I would. But to be honest, our shower really did not work properly until we got this junk out of the way. I can't even remember what we did. I pray that we threw it away. I don't think anyone kept it. But we had to get rid of of this thing that was blocking our shower. Because obviously we needed water. We needed the water to flow. We needed the running water. We needed the water to go from point A to point B. And there's almost this picture of just how Isaac went. And he went and he re-dug the holes that the Philistines had filled. Because he knew, he knew, man, that we needed water. In that day, we needed water. We needed life. And in those times for these nomadic herdsmen is what they called them, Isaac and Abram, water was everything. It represented life. It represented sustenance. But the most important thing was the well in which the water was. It wasn't the water, it was the well. And it wasn't just a luxury or a task that Isaac was doing here. Like he was actually saying, listen, this is not a luxury. This is a necessity that I have to remove this junk, that I have to get rid of this, that I need to dig and find water. And I think we've all heard it said that our wells, the wells that we have represent our relationship with God. It represents the intimacy we have Him. It represents the very life that we draw from Him. It represents our times with Him. That's our wells. That is our wells. And I want to ask this morning, do you have your shovel ready to dig your well? Is it ready to dig your well? And in World War II, the the standard like ranger or soldier all carried the shovel, and they would call them E-tools, or Google would call them entrenchment tools. And they would use these shovels to either dig foxholes, is what they used to um, 
uh, hide in or, or they would dig trenches or for all sorts of reasons, for the bathroom, anything. But they used these shovels to dig. And they even used them as weapons as well. But the big thing is, is they were ready to dig at any moment. Any moment. Do we have our shovels ready? Is it ready to dig? And I really believe there's a few things that we can draw from just what Isaac did here, the example that he sets. Just three things that when I read this, that I took out of this passage. And the first one is that Isaac knew the importance of digging and redigging those wells. He knew that it was important to even have a well. If we can put up the scripture in Genesis 26, verse 15 to 18. It says there, Now the Philistines had stopped and filled with all the earth the wells the father's servants had, his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for we are much mightier than we. So Isaac departed from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham his father, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the names that his father had given them. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, for these nomadic herdsmen, for these guys like Isaac and Abraham, water was everything. It was life. It meant water for their livestock. It meant sustenance. It meant water for their families. It represented life for them. It wasn't just to drink from, it wasn't just to survive from, but it was actually to sustain them. And you read there that Isaac went back to the wells dug by his father because he knew his father had once found life there. He found sustenance and it was something which God had provided. And I believe it's the same for us as Christians. That it's of utmost importance that we don't just dig, but that we actually have a well to draw from. That we have this relationship with God. That we have this intimacy with God. That we are constantly feeding. That we are constantly digging and digging and digging until we hit water. It's important that each of us have a well. And as I said, it's our relationship and our intimacy with Him. And if we stray from that place, we will become thirsty. We will die. We will, we will wither. And I just love the scripture in, in John 4 verse 12, where, where it's, it's about Jesus and the woman of Samaria, or known as Jesus and the woman at the well. And here she's asking Jesus, he's saying, are you greater than our father Jacob? For he gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty forever. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the Lord has given each of us 
a unique well. He's given each of us a place to draw from. Isn't it amazing to think that every person at the same time can draw from Him? Can draw life from At the same time, when we come to worship, when we spend time with Him, at the same time, we draw life from Him. And we read in John 15, where Jesus is speaking and He's saying, where He is the vine and we are the branches. He says that apart from me, you can do nothing. And for Isaac, for these nomadic herdsmen, apart from having a well, it, it wasn't really easy. It didn't mean life. It didn't mean surviving. And again, a scripture like John 14, verse 6, where Jesus says, says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's only by having a well in Him that we find life. That we will never be thirsty again and it's almost that we should have this obsession of yo how's my well looking do i even have a well like where's where's the first thing where's where's the first well to dig and there's a story of andrew murray that i just love i heard many years ago it's not long five years ago and it's just a story i hope i'm doing it justice of how he would walk in the streets and he was just so obsessed with the presence of god that he would walk, walk. And as soon as he felt God's presence lift, he would actually stop there and wait. And just wait. And then God's presence would come back and then he would carry on walking. I imagine you are doing that in Strand on the beach, on Beach Road. People would think you are quite whack, you know, just stopping and walking, stopping and walking. But it's just this picture of wherever he went, he wanted to carry this well with him. He wanted to carry this intimacy with him. He wanted to steward his well. But it's a man who used his shovel to dig and dig and dig. A man who dug his well deep. Is your shovel ready to dig? <laughs> Is it ready to dig a well? And then the second point is while digging these wells and trying to find life, Isaac was met with some tests and he was met with opposition. And we read first in, in Genesis 26 verse 15 is the first place in that, in that little passage where it's, the actual, it's actually the Philistines filling up the wells. And then in the second part is where the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with him. I just want to read that part, Genesis uh, 26, verse 20 to 21. And it said, the herdsmen, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, the water is ours. So he called the name of the well Esek, which means contention, or, or it means an argument or a fight. And then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that also. So he called its name Sitna, which actually means opposition, hatred, or even being an enemy. And I think it's important to know that while digging his wells, while digging these wells, while stewarding this relationship, he was met with opposition. And I think for us that we need to know that Satan is out there to stop with all his might that well you are busy digging, that relationship 
you are busy. That time you are busy pouring into God's presence. He is there to stop it. And I'm just reminded by the scripture in Matthew 4 where Jesus, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And he was tempted and tested. And how much more if Jesus, the Son of God, was tempted and tested, will we be tempted while we dig these wells? And as I mentioned earlier, these World War II soldiers, they they used these shovels not just to dig, but actually as weapons as well. They could have it ready any moment. And actually, I think the truth is that our relationship, our intimacy is actually a threat to Satan. And I'm not saying that to make us look like superheroes or, or to make us look cool or, or to boast about, that. I know I fasted for 50 days. If someone has done that before, please come pray for me afterwards. I would love to be able to fast for 50 days. But he knows, Satan knows that this is the place we draw from. He knows that these wells we dig sustain us as Christians. He knows that this is where we meet with God and he will and want to stop that in all his might. And actually in those days when when someone had to destroy a, a herdsman's well, it was actually considered to be a significant attack. It was sort of like the it's on moment, you know? Sort of like the mic drop moment, like, hey, this is for real. So he's out there. And he will do it in all kinds of ways. It looks different for everyone. It looks different for everyone. And it might be through pride. It might be through sin. Things like unforgiveness. Things like unrepentance. Offense, laziness, apathy. He uses that and he fills it up piece by piece. But then the Lord says, no, no, no. Come and drink and do not be thirsty. He knows that when we go deeper, the Father is revealing something of himself to us. He knows that. He knows that. And he would do everything in his power to stop that. I just want to say that when we are tested, when we are met with this opposition and temptation, it is then that we need to grab our shovels and dig. And dig and dig and dig until we strike water. Until we find life. By keeping in step with His Spirit, by trusting Him, by knowing that it's because of His grace and His mercy that we can have this well. But our shovels need to be ready. We need to have this posture of, I'm going to dig. If it's hard, I'm going to dig. I need a well. If it's not going well. And the third one, the third one is Isaac did not stop digging until he found water. And we see that even through all the opposition and through all the temptations and through all the quarrels and everything, he just kept on digging. He just kept on digging. I mean, it it wasn't as if his first two attempts worked out well. 
I mean, opposition and enemy is what he called them. But then he went in Genesis 26, verse 22. Let me put it up. Genesis 26, 22. Ah. And he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth, saying, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in this land. And that word Rehoboth means roominess. It means space. And it's almost this sigh of relief, you know, like, "Ah, this is where we need to be. This is the right place. This is where we will find water. And I came across the story of a young man in a village, a young farmer, who one day decided, okay, I'm going to dig a well in our village. And one morning, he got up early, very early, as a farmer would, and he started digging on one, in one place. And along came a stranger, and the stranger said to him, what are you doing? And he said, no, I'm digging for water. And after about 25 feet, the stranger said, no, 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 listen, you're not going to find water here. Let me take it to another place. So the stranger took him and he put him down in another place. And there the farmer started digging again. And he dug and he dug and he dug. Yes, my brain is working overtime with keeping up with the tenses in English. So, and then again, after 25 feet, he got tired. He stopped, he rested. And another stranger came past and said, what are you doing? He said, no, I'm digging for water. I'm digging for a well. And he said, no, 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 you'll not find water here. You need to go to another place. And so he went with the stranger. And again, after about 30 feet, so that's now 25, 25, it's 80. After about 30 feet, the only water he found was the sweat dropping off of his face. And again, he just got mismoodig, you know. It's like, yeah, where is the water? And he stopped and he rested. And then another stranger came past. And he said, what are you doing? No, I'm digging for water. And said, no, you're not going to find water here. Let me take you to another place I know. Here you'll find water. And then, after about 20 feet, he just stopped and said, listen, I can't do this. And then, his friend came along. And his friend asked him, what are you doing? And he said, no, I'm digging for water. I need to, I'm digging for a well. And his friend said, listen, if you dug that 100 feet in one place, you would have found water anywhere in the village. But Isaac, just like Isaac, kept on digging in that place. He kept on saying, Lord, I know there is water here. I know you've prepared this place for us. He kept on digging until he found life. He didn't move from one point, from one point then, oh, no, no. He was met with opposition, but then he dug and he found water. And maybe for some of us, you know, you're sitting here and you're thinking, yeah, I'm just digging and digging and digging away. I'm digging 25 feet here, 25 feet there, 30, 20, 20. I'm just not finding water. But maybe the question shouldn't be, why am I digging so long? Maybe the question should be, is the Lord actually 
deepening my well? Is he busy taking me deeper and deeper and deeper? Because what use is a shallow well? Shallow wells dry up way quicker than a deep well. Maybe the Lord is taking you deeper and deeper. And I think when last have, have you asked yourself this question? And when last, I can't remember when last have I asked myself this question. Is my well in God deep enough? Am I finding life? Am I truly satisfied in Him? Am I satisfied in Him spiritually? Am I willing to go until I know I've met with Him? Not think I've met with Him, but know this is the Lord's presence. Am I willing to dig the wells? Because it takes faith and hard work and commitment to dig a well. And I mean, for these guys, they didn't have the technology to see where the wells are or like magnifying glasses or they couldn't drop a GoPro with a string down a hole and say, oh, here's water, great. It was in faith, commitment and hard work, in perseverance that they dug these wells. And you read there that God was faithful to make room for them. He was faithful to give Isaac this well, to give him this water. Because of his grace, because of his mercy, because of his goodness. And I want to end off by just reading the psalm in, um, in Psalm 63. Just, just picture this. This is David now in, in the wilderness of Judah. And he said that, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. And my soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I've looked upon you in a sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life and my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. And when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the night. For you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. And your right hand upholds me. And perhaps this morning, I just want to ask the question, maybe you're sitting here with a well that has been blocked by sin, of a well that has been blocked by unforgiveness, unrepentance, or just something that the enemy has done, just something that you've allowed to creep in. Man, I want to ask you this morning, would you respond? Are you willing to dig? Until you find water. 